0: to burn and return a weekly one-hour podcast covering news from the agricultural and turfgrass industries welcome to episode number charity tree right here on this week's burn and return uh my name is matt Sometimes I go by the Grass Factor. Uh, my last name's Martin. So much for remaining anonymous. I live it all out in the open. I'm uh, I've got a lot to be embarrassed about, but you know what? Shit, it hey, on Matt, huh? Matt. I hate what? to inter- I'm interrupting you. Seventy one. Gosh,
1: seventy one. Uh,
0: my co host here Ray and uh Ryan yeah. DeMay are here. And, this is uh, breaking
1: wait wait, this is breaking news. Can we get a breaking news? <laughs> How about that for breaking news? How about that for breaking news? Um
0: I'm I'm in I'm in a rare mood. Look, I'm a little I'm 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 happy and I'm I'm disappointed. Um we had a goal of hitting 69 patrons and the deal was was that if we hit 69 patrons um i would be forced to reintegrate into society and uh (laughs) an attempt would be made to culture me through cinema um not only did we reach our goal we blew through it and so now i am on the hook to have to watch Films, pre-selected films that the patrons vote on that I have (laughs) no forward knowledge of. And I'm not going to lie. I'm a little weirded out. I was telling Demay in the show before the show, there's a reason why I'm 35 years old. And I I haven't, I haven't started watching movies, nor would I ever start watching movies, especially at this point in my life. This is a hill I've decided to die on. And now. I have to give ground. I feel I feel I feel like I'm giving up Eastern Ukraine to Putin right now. And <laughs> uh and it doesn't feel good. Aww. But you know what? You know what? It's uh sometimes you got to do things that you don't like and I'm not advocating for I have no idea what the hell goes on in Eastern Europe, so I I have I can't I can't even speak to what what that is. And I hate to even equate it to that because there's real people dying over there and uh, I'm just a silly fucking idiot on on the youtube here uh cracking jokes Mm -hmm. so uh thank you patrons for helping us get here and uh you can you can all rest easy tonight knowing that you have me in a state of uh high uncomfortableness (laughs) knowing i'm gonna be a little bit more normal than i was the previous year and i'm and i'm a little sad over it
1: gentlemen how the hell are y'all doing today Listen, I, for one, am absolutely pumped about this. Number one, you, through, through, oh, listen, all that working out you've been doing has not been to get yourself more healthy or anything like that. It's actually been so that you can lift up that fucking rock that you live under and come out and see (laughs) us. It's going to be great. You put up, you put up 315 pounds yesterday on the bench. I don't know if it's going to be enough to lift up the rock, but God damn it, we're going to help you now because we got 71 <laughs> other people here to lift that motherfucker up off you. And I'm excited about it. Super excited. So, listen, you are going to enjoy this. You know, if you... Ca- listen, your piss-poor attitude on this movie thing is dragging this whole team down right now, all right? <laughs> so keep your five fouls. Go in there, play smart, right? Get down there and bang mm-hmm. a little bit. You know, that's what the basketball coach would have told you back in the day. It's final four time here, so I'm going to give you the basketball coach speech. Listen, there might be... Hey, wait, I, speaking of basketball, if you haven't watched oh, this God. movie and you love basketball, I'm just going to tell you, you, you're a soulless son of a bitch. Have you seen the movie Hoosiers? Parts of it. How can you watch parts of that movie and not want to watch the whole thing? Because what, I think it
0: was like you, on TNT or something, you know, me, and I was like, you, yeah, it's, it's, you know, a
1: commercial. You I'm not asking for a specific movie, but what makes you disengage from a movie? Like, there's no winning you back once, once we lose, you know, once we lose you in a movie, like, you're not like, oh, I'll wait it out and see if it gets any better. I mean, you're not that type of person. So what causes you to disengage and be like, fuck this, I'm done. Uh, you know, I'm going to go, you know, watch some videos on YouTube or something like that. I need, my, long, my, I need some more lawn care. I some more care nut and how to with Doc in my life. I'm going to go do that instead. <laughs> it's,
0: my, it's my it's my piss poor attitude, Demay. Really is what it is. <laughs> so the the premise behind movies that it, it was it was explained to me it was that you know whether whether it be film or literature, it's all about what is it the suspension of of disbelief, right? Where you can you can become so enthralled that that reality around you no longer is is important because you know you're you're you're. Fully consumed, wholly consumed by the content that you're taking in. If I detect anything that seems, um, fake or a bit, a bit much of a of a stretch from reality, <laughs> right? yeah, I, you know, you know, it's like when you watch a horror flick and they run upstairs every damn time, you know, and you're like, okay, mm-hmm. you're upstairs. Where the fuck are you going to go now, lady? Are you, are you going to jump out of that second story
1: window? How big a boy are they? you? How else are they going to get stabbed? Yeah. See, Demay, you're setting yourself up to die in that scenario.
0: And, I, and I, I'm sure that there are people out there that when their fight or flight kicks in, they go the path of least resistance. And in that particular instance, it may be up. Hey, listen. But here in the real world, here in the Some real people- world, some we're gonna the go rule. through or we're gonna cower in the corner right you're either gonna pick something up and you're gonna fight your way out of this or you're gonna cower in the corner and just be like you know what jesus take the wheel i'm gonna die here today and i'm okay with it
1: well but no listen some people aren't like you and afraid of heights some people are more afraid of getting <laughs> stabbed than they are afraid of heights so they go up to the second floor <laughs> it makes perfect sense see i'm cutting through all your bullshit excuses matt that's what i'm here to do i'm gonna coach you through these movies all right so every time you have that premonition like i don't know about this i will set you straight so i'll call to, right here call to. we're gonna get over and i'm gonna bark at you on the sideline we're gonna have a private setup (laughs) zoom call so i can get in your fucking ear and let you have it to get your mind right all right you know we're gonna do this
0: (laughs) I'm not, I'm not going to lie. That actually excites me. The thought of having a cinematic coach to guide me through <laughs> the watch party. I uh, Listen, I've participated in athletics. I know the value of a coach. And uh, I can be coachable. I am malleable. So th- this this actually may be the ticket right here. All right. And listen, you may have to slap my helmet. Show. You may have to go helmet to helmet with me. you got to grab me oh, by will. the face mask. <laughs> I can put one I in will. there, you know. This is this. I'm,
1: I'm I'm a Bobby Knight style guy. I'll I'll grab you. I'll punch you. I'll throw you around. I'll do what I got to do. All right. <laughs> Speaking <laughs> of,
0: wasn't one of the Hoosiers Hoosiers daddies like a bad alcoholic or something that was whooping up on on? on oh yeah, or yeah. It wasn't whooping up yeah, on him. He was just a, Dennis was Hopper just was the drunk. actor
1: that played it. He wasn't mean. He just he he. He's had just a way drunk. We'll, we'll get we'll get into Hoosiers. Hoosiers might be some bonus content because if you're a basketball guy. And you don't cry at the end of that movie. I mean, again, you have no soul. You just don't. And that's another thing. That's another thing. I and I'll I'll be
0: the first to admit to this. Movies make You're a me a crier, cry. and I and I, I don't I don't like that. You know, it's like <laughs> I like it to be a moment of spontaneity where where it comes in and consumes me for thirty forty five minutes. I get it out of my system. I'm good for two weeks. <laughs> And you watch a movie and all of a sudden it just it comes from your, your gut and then works its way up your esophagus and your trachea starts seizing and uh, you know you you <laughs> you feel like you gotta call nine one one. I I'm not a big fan of that.
1: I don't know. Maybe the coach is the solution. We'll do some coaching here on the first couple. We'll see how it goes. That's all we can do.
0: Speaking of coaching, <laughs> how about we go ahead and jump into this week's headlines? Uh we are going to start off with some good news here and then we are going to begin moving down the terrain of sadness, sadness peril and crisis. Uh so <laughs> the good news from our headlines is the EPA approves dicamba use through 2022. Yay! That means all you Banville guys out there. Uh Ray, what was the other uh, uh name you had Banville and then um Clarity already- was one of uh, and then not, Vanquish, uh, Vanquish, is Banville. I was thinking of yeah. Okay, Banville because Vanquish,
2: Vanquish is the one that they specifically label for golf and turf use. It's specifically labeled for golf and turf, but it is all the same active ingredient of dicamba amine. And up until this decision, you know, I had legitimate concerns that the EPA we we'll just say no more dicamba for you next.
0: <laughs> well, luckily, that is not what happens. And uh, they said dicamba formulations have been considered controversial for several years as various crops have suffered drift and volatility resulting from the herbicide. Uh, and then it gets into some of the politics that were around it. But long story short, guess what? It's been approved uh, to continue to be used through 2022. Um, now, what does that mean for lawn care? It means there's a little bit of heat off your back. Uh, but that's not to say this is only approved through 2022. Uh, so it's it's going to be a continued controversial product. Um, and where it could get, it could get weird would be in the event that the ultra-low concentrations that are in our uh, three-way products uh, become put under the, the the eye of scrutiny and ultimately removed. We're not there yet, and we're certainly safe through 2022. But is this uh, noise and kerfuffle that we have in the background now a sign of what's to come? I don't know, but it's definitely something to keep an eye on. Uh, so that is going to be our positive news of the headlines. Now, let's get into reality. Uh this first one here and I'm going to kind of fly through these because so many of them are kind of inter- interconnected and they point to doom and gloom and I I'm I'm going to I'm going to read it as it's written here and then uh I think as a group we will move through the back end of this and uh and try to make some sense of it that is less doom and gloom but at least just have a better understanding of what's actually taking place out there in the world. Uh sanctions in Russia Fertilizer shortage imperils world food supply is what the headline uh, says here. Uh, Russia is a major exporter of potash, ammonia, urea, and other soil nutrients. That is not a lie. Um, uh, Russia is an absolute major, major producer and exporter, uh, primarily of uh, of potash, uh, compared to a lot of the other nutrients that are out there. A lot of UAN. Uh, Urea ammonium nitrate comes out of Russia. In fact, the United States was a big importer of UAN. Um, Latin America is a huge importer of uh, Russian inputs. So now that Russia has been put onto an island, uh, this is a monumental uh, removal of available nutrients on the global commodity marketplace. And that, that, that does not, that does not easily get replaced in a, uh, in a short amount of time that we're talking about the kind of production ramp up that would have to take place to, to, to replace something like 25% of the global supply is monumental. We're talking billions of dollars of investment. We do have some of those billions of dollars investments opening up, um, in strategic places right now, but, uh, we have many more billions to go before we're talking about putting a dent in 25% of the global supply. Now, not only do we have uh, the, the issue that is going on with, uh, with uh, Russian sanctions, here we have the Yara CEO, the fertilizer of a company, Yara, says there will be a food crisis. The question is, is how large? The CEO of Yara International, a major fertilizer producer, told the Wall Street Journal there will be a food crisis. Bloomberg Green Market's North America Fertilizer Price Index jumped 10% Friday to an all-time high, sweeping sanctions over the Ukraine war, limiting fertilizer supplies from major producers in Russia. Now, for those of you that do not recall, what really, really started to kick off this whole thing with fertilizer shortages, and this is we were sounding the alarm on this, No shit in August of last year. And I'm not saying that to toot our own horn. I'm saying that to toot our own fucking horn twice, as a matter of fact, because at the time, Yara said uh, the cost of ammonia and the cost of natural gas is so high right now. We are actually shutting down production altogether. That was the the first big oh shit that was taking place. Then we saw it where uh, we we had issues with CF Industries in the United States. Uh, We had issues with Nutrient in the United States. Uh, I haven't necessarily heard anything about TCS uh, or Coke, but apparently that has been affected. And a lot of that has been affected because of uh, the inability for Eurochem to be able to import a lot of their stuff. Again, Eurochem also uh, pulling material out of Russia. And uh, especially now, you already had tight supply. Now you've put. Uh, in a, a massive amount of demand on the, uh, uh, the fertilizer space, who does that get passed on to? Does it get passed on to lawn care? Well, of course, but where does it hit first? It hits agriculture. And I will say that when you are a company as large as Yara, you do not get cool points for saying things like there will be a food crisis. And the question is how large, Um, whether you're a, a private company or a publicly traded company, those are the types of things you do not say out loud unless you are legit, scared, shitless. And I would say that for a significant portion of Europe right now, um, scared shitless is exactly the mindset that is going on. Um, now there is, and this is one thing, actually, gentlemen, I forgot to put it into the headlines here. What, um, uh, there is a new, massive—the fourth largest ammonia-producing plant—has launched in Africa. Um, and J. Pink, if you feel like pulling a miracle on the Google foo, foo there, uh, you can type in uh, "Africa ammonia plant," uh, and uh, that should uh, populate some interesting stuff out of that's that's coming out of uh well. No, it's not. I'll probably have to find it and send it to you. Oh, yeah, here it is. Here it is. Uh, there's one from uh, CNN. I'll I'll uh, send this to you on our. Uh, sorry, I'm trying to do inside baseball and do this live at the same time, and it's it's not working <laughs> working well. Um, Africa, the the and of course this is the richest man in Africa. Uh, it doubled down on um uh on you know, urea and ammonia fertilizer plant, and built a two and a half billion dollar plant. Uh, it's been commissioned it's now coming online and people are begging for fertilizer coming out of this and i get it i get it in the united states we want to increase supply because one there's shortage but we also want diversity of supply because right now uh there is a relatively uh a, a lackluster diversification in uh inputs where they're coming from and that's what's driving up prices um because unfortunately these guys can limit supply can limit production And uh, and then we're screwed because we've only got, you know, one or two places to bring in nitrogen right now. So this, you know, brings more uh, uh, competition into the marketplace in in a capitalistic society that is 100 percent necessary. And, uh, you know, government did such a fantastic job of alleviating uh, the monopolization of the input industry that uh, these are the types of things that are oh shit moments uh, that we're having to uh, pray for to take place right now. And thankfully, oh boy, here. Uh, had the wherewithal to be able to do this, because not only is it massive, massive, massive economic impact to the good for Africa, um, it also helps the the uh, from a, a global perspective as well. Now, all of that to say, that is what's going on worldwide. As we bring that back into the United States, or at least North America at this point, um, in North America, what we have going on right now is rail. Rail is absolutely foobar. And this is not only coming out of Canada where you've got major uh, uh, issues with uh, strikes. And I believe CP up in Canada fired a huge number of their protesting workers, um, the, the 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 union guys that were up there. And I, I, I just caught that headline before we came on. So I have not vetted that yet. I may be talking out of my ass, but I think I read something like that. And then on the United States side of things, um, BNSF, all these guys are seeing massive, massive uh, issues in keeping freight alive and moving. And not only that, what I'm also hearing on the back end of things, talking to some of the traders that I'm dealing with, is that if you want a more confirmed delivery date, the cost on this would be somewhere around $2,000 to $10,000 a car, depending on the number of miles that were moved. And that, I've never heard of anything like that at all, but it was legit thrown out there to a guy I know that moves thousands of rail cars in uh, the spring growing season. So we're we're talking about in a narrow window, thousands of rail cars, massive, massive fertilizer trader here and uh, was told $2,000 a car for guaranteed delivery, which is, I I don't don't even know if that's legal. I don't know anything about the rail company, Um, but that's how it was told to him. So that is not good either. And why that's not good is that even when it comes to logistically moving material within the United States, because remember, fertilizer is used in massive volumes, right? Huge, huge volumes. You can't always move it all by barge. You can't always move it all by truck. By truck, you're limited to what? 20 tons, 21 tons. So when you have the option of being able to put 100 tons into a rail car and move it much more affordably from point A to point B, then it becomes a blessing, right? Especially especially when there's already such a significant shortage in um, uh, FTL freight. So we are absolutely foobarred on so many fronts right now. Fertilizer shortages and uh, cost increases that are beginning to, to, to bring up the talk of a global food crisis. That's scary. We've got, luckily, a little bit of a beacon of hope of Nigeria coming on with a, a new fertilizer plant, but how much of that are they going to sell to the United States? What does that foreign policy relationship look like? We don't know. How much of that is going to go to Europe? You know, Europe was considering banning Nigerian food imports because they were using pesticides that did not uh, f- play nice with the European Union, right? So Nigeria may say, well, if you don't want our food, we sure as shit aren't going to give you our fertilizer. And <laughs> I understand why, right? So uh, that is kicking off in the background. Then when it comes to even moving fertilizer around in the United States, we can't even get it from point A to point B right now because logistically everything has ground to a halt. All right. I've kind of ramped on and on and on about this, and uh, and I, I think I've painted a clear picture here that shit is not good, uh, but it is certainly not the end of the world, and that's where I kind of want to bring up this last one here, where if anybody caught this in the headlines, um, there is agribusiness groups in the American Farm Bureau Federation that wanted the Agricultural Secretary uh, Tom Vilsack to open up lands uh, and, and contract to farmers Uh, The conservation reserve program, um, which idles, which which takes idle land and allows them to plant crops on it or whatever. However, what I've kind of read on the back end of this is that a lot of times uh, this this land is not ideal for crop production in general. Um, It already serves a purpose because typically these lands are um, that need to be environmentally protected for whatever reason, their location or proximity to water poor drainage or whatever the case may be. And uh, and so immediately getting on it here and following this land to get it ready to begin crop production is actually just going to create more of a headache and potential disaster than it would actually solve any problems. But, you know, what we do have here in the United States is we have what is called a uh, the uh, the the U.S. National Grain Reserve. Uh, and if you've never heard of that, that is where uh, the United States has the ability to store and uh, and, and and protect 25 billion bushels of grain. Uh, just kidding. We gave up on that program many, many decades ago, and we have nothing in reserve. So, um, boys, I'll open this up to you. And I'm not kidding about that. We have no uh, 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 strategic uh, stock reserve plan for, you know, uh, amassing or collecting grain uh as part of a, a a national security uh deal you feel free to to look that up i i saw that on a on a, a far corner of the internet and started reading about it and uh what was proposed is a great idea and was actually executed and then infrastructure was actually built to be able to do these types of things and uh, they were like ah nah fuck it we're good so um <laughs> gentlemen talk to me here i'm you know i'm very much sticking the fork in the in the light socket and in fact i have upgraded the light socket to a 460 volt three-phase socket and uh and i'm not using one fork i'm actually carrying three forks to make sure i can get all three phases at one time um how how are we feeling when you see all this? What's going through your head? Are you hitting the oat ship button yet? I'm 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 and I want to be fair with you. I want to be fair with you. I'm not hitting the oat ship button yet. But again, when we talk about these dominoes, I mean, we continue to 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 bring this up guys and I don't know are are we are we uh uh crystal balling over here because we've nailed a lot of shit as this is played out. We have nailed a lot of shit. What we didn't nail was the fact that Russia was going to invade Ukraine, and where we thought we saw a little bit of relief uh, uh, potentially on the horizon that was going to move in second quarter, third quarter of this year, uh, the, all that has been waxed and uh, no longer no longer available. Give me give me a six month, nine month, twelve month look as to what y'all think is going to take place, and then if you if you want to get real real. Uh, give me a twenty-four, thirty-six month of what you think's oh, going to
1: happen. <laughs> wow. Uh, I don't know if I can go on this time horizon. I don't. I don't know. the 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 concerning thing is some of the things that we didn't talk about, is the okay. So, like, the the spring harvest is now taking place of winter wheat in Ukraine, and they're saying that that, that number could be anywhere from twenty-five to fifty percent of what it normally is so that's a concern right there's some yep. There's some projections as high as seventy five percent but it's it's anyone's guess at this point because you know not only uh is a lot of that that land that's planted as I understand it in areas that have uh fighting taking place right or occupation by Russian forces this side. and the other thing is uh you know just fuel availability infrastructure you know getting getting that grain to market. So it can actually be sold, and then where does it go from there? You know there's not a whole lot of functioning ports right now in, in Ukraine, at least that I understand. So I, again, I think it's uh, it's a tenuous situation over there. The other thing uh with that whole wheat harvest thing is you know some of the some of the bigger players right now, like China's winter wheat, there's an article out a couple of weeks ago saying how it's down it's It's also uh, in kind of a precarious situation too yes uh, egypt, egypt which is the yes. number one we importer is down to like an 8 month supply which is unusually low for them and they're they're looking around saying hey who can fill the need for us so it's it's a really weird situation and then you've got ukraine which also exports a fuck ton of corn uh and other grains right summer plant you know spring planted fall harvested uh grains and the uh projections there right now is that that number is going to be a little less than half you know they they plant uh oh what is it they should have about 15 million oh, what is it i got to go back and look at that article but you know roughly 15 million um hectares is what they plant and they're going to be down to like 7 so jeez that's also a concern cuz they they you know they pump out a ton of barley corn millet things like that and uh, it, it's, it's the domino effect is just starting, right? So I couldn't tell you what it's going to, you know, we'll, we'll know what it's going to be like, you know, s- nine months from now, six months from now, once we get some of these summer harvests in, I think the number one thing, if you want to look forward to and root something on is it better be the damnedest perfect perfect growing weather in the great, great plains and the corn belt. Of the united states otherwise we're in some deep deep shit like that's no lie we're in some deep shit if that and I, I just
0: I'll, I'll let you keep talking on this but i just wanted to say too that you know there are reports that i'm seeing in agricultural news media uh that says russia is deliberately targeting uh ukrainian agriculture right now so uh insult to injury on that that even in the event they wanted to get acres planted uh and could Uh, secure the inputs to be able to produce a viable crop Um, it looks like there is as part of the war effort there there may be some uh some shade playing around on that front as well talk talk keep talking here
1: i mean if there's if there's any good thing to think about is that you know the attrition you get in the fertilizer market of eight million hectares not being planted in ukraine what does that do to the fertilizer market is that then send you know more fertilizer or shift demand somewhere else you know say south america you know coming in the next winter like where where does it all go and come from and then realistically if we have to start well, you know, making cuts does mm-hmm. that mean that matt's matt's goldfish don't get made while something else does you know hope you don't-
2: uh with that in regards to that uh cut in uh you know acreage planted in the Ukraine that might not matter too much given that uh, Russia is also being sanctioned uh, due to their their act of aggression so there we're still in that situation of not having a supply coming out of Russia and you know when you know when you see barley and millet uh ryan
1: mm-hmm. guess
2: what barley and millet is used to make <laughs> tell me ray keystone uh, <laughs> yeah. among other oh, things boy. i mean
1: uh, Them yeah I, uh, yeah th-
2: th- that that's a problem and well for me i'm honestly like right now even through the pandemic uh i made it a point to always have 25 pounds of flour in the house at all times. And given the situation, uh, I'm kind of wondering if I need to maintain that uh, policy even post COVID.
1: <laughs> no, not, not uh, it, I mean, it I, makes I, you wonder. <laughs>
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it, it makes me wonder. I mean, everybody needs to start thinking because, you know, when you have these disruptions in commodities, you actually first start seeing the disruptions in manufactured, ready-to-consume products because those guys, you know, order up from, say the Ukraine or wherever and say, okay, I need, uh, you know, so many tons of, uh, flour or corn this year and they fulfill the order, but it looks like we're not getting any too many grain orders fulfilled from the Ukraine right now. I don't think that's going to happen, right? <laughs> no ryan
0: let me let me ask you this we we continue in this trajectory we're on right now right because you know who who knows how this plays out and say the uh the conflict continues in through um you you know may well well beyond planting season in ukraine right um what Obviously, we would begin feeling the effects late this summer. What does it look like next year? In the event Ukraine does not get planted, the sanctions are not going to go anywhere on Russia anytime soon. That's for sure. (laughs) Where Mm -hmm. are we going to be in twelve months from now? That we're already in the midst of, you know, uh, uh, unprecedented levels of inflation. Um, We uh, luckily the job market remains good right now. However, if we start facing facing uh, uh it, facing shortages not just from a logistical standpoint but just in uh, a supply standpoint think about like uh, you know our our prepackaged foods our ready to consume type foods um how mm-hmm. many manufacturing jobs the packaging jobs that go along with that um is that where we start seeing loss of of required workforce because there's simply not enough raw material to keep people going and then is that when stagflation sets in and all hell really starts to fucking break loose or am i am i you know poking a poking a bear there just to just a shit talk
1: i mean no because it's all uh, it's all a cascading effect right like once you start those dominoes i don't know how you make up for it right like to get back into equilibrium would take it takes time because it's it's one growing season at a time there's no way that you can you know simply make those extra eight million acres in ukraine alone just reappear right or with the the stuff that's not coming into uh world markets from russia what happens to that i mean so i think uh 12 months from now like i said hopefully the united states has an excellent growing season this year, and that's that's a big if. It hasn't been all uh, sunshine and puppy dogs out there the last several years. That doesn't mean this year wouldn't be different, but uh, that that's a that's a big concern. The food thing, though, like yeah, you're, there's no way that it doesn't affect people's jobs, people's livelihoods, because there's not going to be as much to process. There just simply isn't. There's not going to be as much to move around. It's uh, I don't know. I would. I, I think, like I said, what we'll find out here after our harvest is complete, which should be May sometime. You know, we'll have a pretty good idea of where they stand, and then hold on and buckle up because this this is make or break this year here in the states. That's all you know. That's all we can hope for, and it's going to be you know the thing the the people that are going to get the short end of the stick are going to be the people quote unquote at the bottom of the food chain. The, you know, the third world countries and everything like that like re- that rely on These subsidies from states and from Ukraine, like uh, the UN World Food Program, things like that, like that is, those are the folks that are going to feel it the most. And I have a feeling that we'll pull stuff from our own, you know, primary supplies or supply chains, probably the same in other countries as well. And that's going to have a ripple effect on prices, going to have a ripple effect on availability. It's, I don't even want to think about it because. I just don't know. don't see a way. There's many ways that this could end. And in my mind, there's not many or many of them that are uh, happy endings. How's that? It, it, exactly. And that and that
0: I I think that's that's the point I want to make here is that, no, this is not uh, the oh shit, you know, uh, hoard your MREs, bury them in the backyard because people are going to start eating other people because they're starving. Um but it's, it's something that seriously needs to be taken into consideration is that of all the endings that could possibly play out right now, um, there are not a lot of good endings. <laughs> uh, the, 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 <laughs> there's a, we'll say there's 100,000 potential endings here and uh, 99,000 of them are, are bad. And uh, and we've got 1000 potential that range from uh, not so bad to uh, maybe like 10 that would work out like, oh, that's best case scenario. And that's pretty damn good. Yeah. Um, yeah and, I, and so when I, when, when, I, <laughs> the, when you're the, the needles pointing in that direction, you know, your, your probabilities there. I'm no economist uh, or, or statistician, but, you know, th- those those numbers are not in your favor no not at all not at all i mean i don't see anything
2: good you know coming out of this and uh, there's always talk about the united states and people becoming a little more self sufficient and i just don't see that either you know i really don't see that either because uh the the past 2 years have demonstrated to me How I guess incapable a lot of people are. (laughs) They just can't can't do it. I mean, uh do you know, Matt and Ryan? How many people literally can't cook, for example? They can't. I mean, they're dependent on all of those prepackaged, you know, pre-made things that you talk about that you know they they're the people that keeps the rest of America employed because in these various factories there's all of these people making and put assembling all of these products right matt i mean there's people doing the work putting putting all this stuff together so that it can appear on the in the supermarket shelves.
0: And not only not only, you know, can't cook. Think about how many people can't grow. Think about how many people can't tend to animals yeah. and how many people can't grow or tend to animals because of the, they, they live in a major city. Think about how many people don't even have the ability to cook because of their the size of their apartment that they have in New York or wherever that has, you know, a one burner stove in there. And so when it comes to actually cranking out meals that is not, you know, ramen noodles from packets, it just it, it doesn't exist. So. I, I don't know. I, I I don't know. This is we're we're in a weird, weird time, and it's definitely something to pay attention to. But um, enough of that. Let's just give a mad respect to this week's sponsor. And that's going to be our patrons because because we hit 69 patrons. Hey, it, it was worth it, JP. It was certainly worth it. Um, we hit. I didn't realize I was. Uh, and- <laughs> I didn't realize I was not on mute. Sorry. So, hey, mm-hmm. it's it's good. It's good. We it's need all to hear from you from time to time just to make sure that you're still you're still alive out there. Um, <laughs> I worry because what if what if you what if you had a diabetic attack? Right. I know you're not a diabetic, but what if you did? What if you didn't know you've been a diabetic and then all of a sudden you get hypoglycemic and you fall out back yeah. there? Love you, Sean. Right way. I love you you'd know because suddenly we would be stuck on the same frame, you know, the same camera, uh, for a while. No, that's true. Then you'd know. Yeah. That's and true. and
2: that, at that point, Matt, you drop everything and you go rescue J pink. Okay. I would, I would, I would probably
0: feed, I would probably feed J pink to Wallace because I think that's what J pink would want. And, uh, and then, and then, and then I would, you know, we, we, we take care of Wallace from that point forward. But, uh, Mm. I'm, I'm just kidding J pink that was terrible <laughs> it's awful it's i'm i'm just uh, you know we got jesse here he can make sure it's all legal and
2: you know that'll be part of the will <laughs> uh
0: jay pink literally has given everything to wallace including in the event he uh he has a catastrophic accident behind the monitor he would also give himself to wallace uh by the way for those of you who don't know wallace is an incredible incredible animal that's jay pink's dog and uh it, I mean, he is just really, uh, listen, I've been around some boxers that are wild as hell. This ain't Wallace. Wallace is, is an extra, extra special dog and absolutely lets my kids just torture his ass and, uh, and he, and he continues to come back for more. So, you know, the fact that he hasn't eaten their faces, which he certainly deserves to do, uh, mm-hmm. speaks volumes as to what kind of kind hearted animal, um, Wallace is. Uh fun fact. I've I'm really off the rails here, guys. I'm sorry. Fun fact. J Pink and Wallace were walking his dog the other day, and uh J Pink told me he had a cane Corso moment. And I text J Pink <laughs> some of the most horrific things. I mean, it was it was terrible. In fact, I can't even say it on air. Even if this it, I, I could say it if it was just the patrons, but I text J Pink the most terrible, terrible things that I wish he would have done in that scenario. I don't want Jay Pink and his damn dog being attacked by Kane Corso. I've been attacked by Kane Corso. it's not fun, and uh co- come to find out it was the King Corso was a metaphor for a, uh, a little ankle biter, and uh, those horrific things I said Jay Pink should have done was probably a little bit much um patrons <laughs> we have hit sixty nine patrons that you know what that means We are going to do a group oh. deal with our patrons only uh, we, every month seventy 72. We're at 72, we're at 72 70. now. We, yeah, we, we started oh, started at 71. Exploded beyond the goal, exploded through it. We are SpaceX. Uh, 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 we 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 reached max Q in just an unbelievable amount of time, and now we are continuing on at the International Space Station. Here, I'm going to have to watch movies, and uh, and that's what we were talking about at the start of the show here. That uh, you know, I've got I've got a great coach, uh, coaching and support team here with me uh that's gonna help me get through this and help me <laughs> to uh to be a, a better person and ultimately hopefully a, a um, uh participant <laughs> of of society better contributor You're fucking worthless and weak all right <laughs> <that>. <laughs> uh and for those of you that don't know like legit i'm I'm the kind of guy that I need someone to talk to me like david goggins in order for me to to get motivated. So um <laughs> think, thank you to I will exactly be here for that. I will be here for that. Uh and if if anybody doesn't think that's me, I think I have it may be a private, but it was a, a YouTube short I replied where I was running in the snow one time and I was screaming at the camera to stop being a weak bitch uh when I was <laughs> talking to myself. You're talking about I
1: fertilizing your lawn or, or running? Oh.
2: <laughs> no, he he was uh he was running in the in the snow like a maniac, okay? I do mean, you, that's uh, just...
1: You... No, Matt, how come <laughs> you don't practice? Uh, I thought you were into regenerative running. I thought you were into, you know, <laughs> le- less running. No? You're not? Listen here, you soy boy. Um, okay. Weak boy. Weak boy. <laughs> Weak boy. <laughs>
0: Weak boy. That is regenerative all in itself. When you are we'll so have to get an agriculture
1: economist on our on our podcast sometime and we're, we we're we're just not we, t- high flying enough to have something like that
0: oh no oh no we are we are but let me tell you the well, a, return we'll when it hits it is fucking spicy we will have a real one uh joe Pink remind me we got to figure out how to get joe uh on the show uh for those of you who don't know who that. joe is uh at standard grain on youtube on youtube uh uh, uh twitter um Justin, I mean, this guy is the real damn deal. Uh yeah. standardgreen.com and uh, Joe Vachlevic. We want to get him get him on here and have a good time. And I've started a public conversation with him, so now we need to take a private and get this bad boy set up because he is a real motherfucker that we need to have on. Um boys, let's jump into this week's burnt.
1: Listen, you know what? Sheila's never gonna run out of imports or exports, I don't think. You, you, right, Ray? Ray's gonna take care of that. Uh, I'll see to that. All the nitrogen she needs. A's, uh, and C's all over. <laughs> To me,
0: that sounded like Sheila uh, setting her new personal best deadlift record. So, I don't know where you guys are, but not on the same wavelength mm. I'm at. Um, <laughs> No, that's uh, that's the Ben Fresh, actually. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah. Very yeah, yeah.
1: Lakin. Yeah. You've listened to that, but you haven't watched movies? <laughs> yes! You've watched, you've, yes! Man on the Street I Quiz? I love audio.
0: I love audio. Oh, I, I, man. Invisible, that was a great, great album. visual gets me going. That was a good one. That was Adam Sandler, sun, that was one sunny. of a kind, man.
1: That was the sign of you having sex with me. That's correct. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this first burn here. Uh,
0: Residents could promote pollination, skip mowing in May through a new city initiative. Uh, The City of La Crosse is thinking spring. In a new sustainability effort, the city is considering allowing residents to skip mowing their lawns for the month of May to better support pollination. The No Mow May initiative was approved by the Board of Park Commissioners on Thursday night, but still needs approval from the La Crosse Common Council uh, before it is officially in, in place. A critical period for pollinators such as bees occur in late spring and early summer when they emerge from dormancy and are in need of flowering plants. But mowing your lawn in early spring dramatically reduces these pollinator-friendly habitats. In order to participate and avoid a fine for not mowing, a resident would need to first register with the city and they would then receive a yard sign that lets neighbors know they are participating and serves as an education tool about the initiative. Typically, a city ordinance requires all lawns to be kept below 8 inches in length. Those who participate would let their lawn grow through May 31st. After the month is over, residents would have another two weeks to get their lawn mowed or until June 14th since it's recommended to mow the lawn down in increments after letting it grow out. The program would get a trial run at a handful of city parks, too, staff said. City staff said that the program is modeled after a similar initiative in Appleton that was started last year. 400 residents registered, and those that participated had three times the amount of bees in their yards. Staff said it was another step forward after the Parks, Recreation, and Forestry Department implemented two other sustainability initiatives in the fall and winter about raking leaves and salt use. I'm just really excited to see our city take on more projects like this. Um. All right. So I do, do, put this in here as a burn, just kind of, uh, kind of for fun. Uh, but can first off, can somebody tell me where the hell lacrosse is?
1: Uh, it's not far from Madison and Milwaukee in Wisconsin.
0: Oh dear,
2: Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Okay, Wisconsin. Okay. okay.
1: So, um, I,
0: you know, hey, if this is what they do and they think this is going to be the game changer that's 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 really making a significant difference out there in the world. Great. Is this going to be the difference between uh, uh, rebuilding pollinator populations and not? Uh, probably not. I think they would be much better off by scrapping all the uh, worthless ass um, and, and whatever dumbass landscape plants people are putting in. Uh, like boxwoods and uh, compacta hollies and uh, other shit that that is just recycled, regurgitated, and repeated, and uh, and actually put in you know pollinator friendly landscaping that's beautiful as well too. But the reality is is that people want cheap and easy, and uh, and so you know it, this is great. Go for it. Good luck. Um, you know I I can't wait for the first one to find a snake in the yard or well I don't know they're in Wisconsin I doubt they have snakes up there. Um, but you know, eh. we'll see. Talk to me about this. I need to shut up. Uh,
1: you know, <laughs> I, I understand the pr- the premise of NOMA and and what it's for, but I would agree with you, Matt. I would rather see areas that are uh, designated as pollinator gardens or pollinator areas that are planted specifically with species that are one already unsustainable for those particular climates. And number two, that are there year round and managed and maintained properly, and not the uh, the other issues, unintended consequences that might occur from not mowing a lawn. Let's say you know, so you know, I, I would I would be in- interested to see, and I'll I'll do some reading this week here to see what kind of literature is out there on you know, hey, if we have a five thousand square foot lawn, and rather than not mowing the entire thing. Right, that we have a small area. Let's just say ten percent of that space, five hundred square feet, that's dedicated to a pollinator garden. Are we going to have higher pollinator activity in that parcel, right, versus five thousand square feet of unmaintained, right, for a period of time, lawn? Jay Pink, throw up this uh, this picture real quick, if you would.
3: Okay, uh,
1: yeah. Ryan, uh, go ahead. I, I have a and question. Go to the article too, what, Pink.
3: Okay,
2: what does seeding 12-inch tall grass hold for pollinators? Now, because I got to ask because I, I see a lot of bees in the landscapes that I work with. And no matter what type of grassy species there is, the bees tend to gravitate towards flowers. You know, so they like
1: banking on, they're banking on yeah, clover, they, they're banking on dandelions, things like that, right? That are flowering. But at that uh,
2: time. but you know what? I ha- I have another little wrinkle to add to this. You know, in a standard treated lawn, Ryan, mm-hmm. I would not encourage the growth of anything that flowers. And you know why I wouldn't encourage the growth of anything that flowers in a standard treated lawn. Why is that? I would want to keep that grass area that may be treated with a neonicotinoid non-attractive to bees at any time. I would not want.
0: Is a fair point. Mm
2: -hmm. You know, I would. I would want to keep. I want to make it so that the bees go to flowering shrubs and wildflowers in the landscapes that don't get treated with any kind of grub control or insect control, etc. I mean, because uh that whole thing about letting the lawn grow all flowering weeds just doesn't quite jive with needing to maintain grub control, for example, it, that, that, that just doesn't work. And in fact, the, a lot of the product labeling says do not apply this to areas with flowering weeds because the worst can happen right (laughs) the worst thing can happen i mean i'm just i'm just kind of thinking about that because i because for me i love bees okay i love bees a lot (laughs) and the last thing i'd want to do is put bees in danger
0: i'd kiss a
1: bee Uh, and that's uh,
0: what's that i'd kiss a bee
1: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> i bet you would, I, bet you would. <laughs> I, I i listen i again i i I can empathize with the thought of hey what can we do to help i just think i would rather see them incentivize long-term measures right that are going to help pollinators more than just these six weeks right a pollinator mm-hmm. garden in your like, like hey here's a a 500 or a thousand dollar grant in some plant species that you can go pick up at your local nursery. And here's how you install, you know, one of these, do a volunteer day, do some, I don't know. But man, like there's so much more you could do that is tangible uh, year round, not necessarily year round, but growing season round, right? Mm -hmm. That would make a bigger impact than just simply stopping to mow all your grass. And then, you know, you probably got Larry, you know, that douchebag down the street that side discharges all those clippings right out into the, into the you know storm basin. probably watched a yeah. jimmy lewis video at some point or another those uh, all run down the storm sewer uh, and then we got phosphorus yeah. what hey listen
2: i <laughs> hey. see yeah and I'm and then on top of it fact,
0: speaking in you are, are you you are and, uh, I'm not. And, then,
2: and then we got somebody else that might have watched a another youtube video oh boy. that you know, thought, oh my, oh my goodness, we we got we got to do our grub control. So he sticks his imidacloprid 2L in the hose end sprayer and goes and gives for it. it a light mist, and gives it a, light coat. a light coat. Uh, yeah, right on that tall blooming vegetation. net.
1: did he stick <laughs> a s- uh, screwdriver in the ground first? Though that's the that's the real key yeah right? like, <laughs> yeah you gotta make sure
0: it's not permafrost <laughs> it's uh, it's
1: it's it's yeah it's either a screwdriver a flathead a phillips head or it's a handled sounding rod i and i
0: i hate i hate to to even bring this up i, I don't like to mention shit by name but, come on um, <laughs> come
1: on here we go here we go, go for it. Uh, the
0: V8 is Stand firing it. on all cylinders, and it's been sliced this stroked, one up and baby. make it a separate
1: video right here. Yeah, there's a, <laughs> a, they got some big loping cams in this gobbler. one. Uh, it was sent
0: to me that um, you, for those of you who don't know, I did a, a two hour radio segment one time uh, regarding a how to a dock video because he gave one of the most horrific explanations of how to use a product called nevate, uh, negate I had ever seen. Um, and, uh, and so I really, really hung them out to drive for it. And mm-hmm. of course, uh, control solutions got involved and the video got nixed and scrubbed from the internet and all that fun stuff. And, uh, I don't know why, but you know, control solutions reached out to me and was like, uh, we'll take care of that immediately. Um, <laughs> I hate to be a snitch or a narc or whatever, but you know, it was one of those things that I just couldn't shut up about it. Well. Um, because the internet lasts forever, there is another one of his fanboys that is in his local um, uh, community Facebook group that is recommending the exact same thing, except, except he is recommending making applications for uh, on dormant Bermuda grass um, or partially greened up Bermuda grass to control Poa annua with 3x the label rate of negate but only mixing what? it at hand can quantities yes what? so again wow. violating the label wow. not only in how to appropriately mix the container but also applying uh, and he and he gives it a range like 3 to 4 times the recommended label rate uh, just for grins and giggles to add insult to injury there and uh, and of course you know you read a little bit more into this and you see the guy is uh, a giant, a gigantic proponent of everything that comes out of How to with Doc. So, for people that turn around and say that you know it has no impact or whatever, it certainly does, and that is case in point. Someone else will read that and say it was good. It was good information, and it was actually a, a, a golf course superintendent that sent it to me, uh, who's another Mississippi guy too. By the way, uh, shout out to, to all my boys that grew up in North Mississippi. He's uh, he's from Mala Branch, so I know he's a real one. Um, mm-hmm. what do you, what do you think? What do you think of Demay the over there? You held your finger up. Were I did. Chast- I just to make, I,
1: I, no, 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 no. I, I just want to make this a point <laughs> very clear because we're getting, we're getting started off on the year on the right foot. I'm glad to do it <laughs> with you fellas. It's another year. And, uh, here's, here's how it's going to get played out. Right. Is that, oh, we're, you know, these people are living rent free in our head and, uh, we're chastising them because we're, uh, uh jealous in some way, shape, or form. Jealous. Or, jealous of or, what? I don't know. Jealous just, of this what is, this is some of the stuff that comes <laughs> up. And and so here's all uh, this is all I want to say about this topic is that we don't care who you are. We have people that we talk to on a daily basis. We would rip each other's ass if we did any of this stuff. So it doesn't matter mm-hmm. who you are, what you stand for, anything like that. I really don't care. But when you make bad recommendations, you give people bad advice and try to do it in a way that with a smile on your face and with the only goal of selling more product, you can kiss my chapped red ass.
2: Yeah. Yep. And, and, and Ryan has a lot
1: of ass to kiss.
2: and, true. Uh, and He's got some hair on it. So if you, you want know, a and,
1: clean ass, you're going to have to bring a razor.
2: Yeah. And, uh, and furthermore. <laughs> no nair. Uh, no nair. Furthermore, while you're kissing his ass, you might get my foot up yours <laughs> with my size eight boot. Okay? <laughs> do we have? To,
1: do they have to pay extra for that? Is that? Uh, no, is that that's blues? free. No, insurance it? covers it. It comes
0: with homeowner's insurance. A swift it's kick free. right yeah. up the rectum from uh, from Ray's from Ray's boot. <laughs> Gosh, that is a hilarious image of one guy kissing uh, Demay's ass while he's being simultaneously booted from behind by Ray. Uh, the second article we had in the Burns here was tank Mix in a Jug Herbicides capture 37% of the Marketplace. And in all honesty, this is probably more good than bad, but I I, I put it into a burn because uh, there are people out there that have been doing this shit for decades And, uh, Mm -hmm. and you know, my mentors that brought me up in this industry, AKA Ray, uh, taught me to do this very early on. And now all of a sudden it's been commercialized and repatented and all this fun stuff. But what we see here is combination herbicides are the new norm for companies introducing products to help row crop farmers tackle tough broadleaf weeds and grasses. Since the early 2000s, the market share for combination products, uh, most have been two and four active ingredients, has grown to 37% of U.S. herbicide sales according to decline a global uh, marketing analysis company. Uh, they are continuing to see uh, this combination herbicide product grow at a rate of 6% annually, resulting in U.S. sales of $3.5 billion by 2025. Then they give some examples of different corn herbicides, uh, soybean herbicides, and all this fun stuff. And in the turf grass market, because that's where we all play, um, you know, we can look at uh, 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 t zone. Uh, we can look at uh, uh, Celsius. We can look at tribute total. Um, all of these are examples of combination products. What, what's the What's the pre-emergent one with simazine and amaziquin and whatever? Uh, simazine, amaziquin, and something else. Oh, you're you're That's muted. Right? You Mute yourself. Oh yeah, coastal. Coastal.
2: Coastal. Right. That's coastal. Yep. And then. As far as like new products coming, what about the new stuff that uh, Dal Agro, now Cortiva, is bringing on using their RinseCore uh, Rinscore, uh Haloxifen technology where that game on? You know, that's an yes. example of a, of a novel, brand new product, but it's only sold as a combination product. Although I yes. think the first uh, ones to kind of do that in the first place, I noticed that was look at something like good old Celsius.
0: That's right. That is Celsius. That's a contains. That's a combination. Uh, uh, I, that, wait, was it? Uh, was I was uh, I Sulfuron? No, that was not the one. Yes. I, can you get that, standalone Sulfuron or not in the in U- methyl? Can you get either of those standalone? Not in
2: the U- not in the US, because it's only sold to the turf market as that Celsius product. And ironically, in Australia, iodosulfuron is a standalone turf herbicide. So, our friend Ben Sims, if he needed to smoke poa or broadleaf weeds, he could get uh, Bayer iodosulfuron in Australia. He
0: could do it. Well, there it is. We're going to see more of it. Now, the part about this that you know, gets frustrating to me is when they put it on patent. And, and, you know, you hear crazy things, too. Like when Solitaire came out, Solitaire was going to be the new oh, uh, oh, yeah. uh, uh, MSMA, mm-hmm. right? Oh, Solitaire, mm-hmm. the new MSMA. It's, it's, it's doing yeah. everything that MSMA. couldn't, And you know what? It didn't do a damn thing. And uh, people burned a metric shitload of cash using it. And I think, I think people are starting to wise up to it. And, uh, and understanding that uh, you, you got to take a lot of the stuff that is being touted with a bit of a grain of salt until you put it through your own internal testing procedures. Um, all right, we have harped on enough. Gentlemen, let's jump into this week's returns. La, la, la. Now, DeMay, you were the champion of good news this week, and uh, as you <laughs> really are every week, because I think Ray and I both feel more comfortable wobbling w- in our own misery, uh, because we're miserable <laughs> people deep down. And uh, Well, I don't know about Ray, but I certainly am. And, uh, and so we, I figured, you know what, DeMay, you uh, so eloquently put these together. How about you take the lead on this and uh, walk us through the good news that we got?
1: There we go. All right, I can do that for yeah. you. All right. Mm-hmm. So our first one comes to us from the New York times. And this was actually a letter to the editor or like one of those, like uh Halloween things or like, you know, write in and ask for advice kind of column deals. So mm-hmm. this one says a reader is offended by the gardener next door. Whose impulse to use her green thumb has led to her to trim other people's hedges without asking. All right. Our retired neighbor has been sneaking onto our yard to weed and do other yard work without our permission. at first, we were confused by the magically improved areas of our yard. We mow and use the weed whacker, but that's about it. The mystery was solved when I came home early from work one day and discovered that our neighbor was hard at work on our lawn. She saw my confusion and said, I can't stand clutter anywhere. We left it at that. I want to confront her now before she starts up.
0: You got to be kidding me.
1: And this oh, comes with an implied rebuke. Yeah. You don't care for your lawn properly? Thoughts? So the uh, advice columnist responds like this. You're absolutely right that your neighbor has been trespassing and violating your property rights. It simplifies with your feelings of invasion. But what really intrigues me here is the weirdness. Your neighbor has been working in the yard in secret to make your ni- yard nicer. I also interpret her comment about the clutter differently than you. <laughs> More is a confession of a neat freak than is a criticism of you. Don't misunderstand me. You have every right to stop her. I would. But if you go in too hot, as I fear you may, you will destroy the relationship with her. And under these odd circumstances, that seems like shame. Yes, she made errors in judgment, possibly caused by too much time on her hands or a controlling nature. But let her bounce back from this. Be measured. Say, we understand you like to keep your art a certain way. But we also have you have to respect our rights when it comes to our yard. Please stop gardening on our property. Now, here's the kicker. Tell her you're talking to her about this because you value your relationship. Your gentleness could go a long way. After all, she's still going to be living next door to you after you talk. Gentlemen, is this what our country has become? Is this where we're at Listen, as
0: you were reading that and and the la, 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 la was so appropriately timed because that was what was going on in my brain as I was listening to this. (laughs) I was
1: like, that is perfect. Perfect. Yes, that's what we've become. Think think about, uh, just for a second here. You know, I, I would get it if, okay, here's a situation that you have every right to be legit pissed off. You know, like Ryan Noor lives right next door to uh, probably one of the biggest shitbag lawns in all of Iowa, just by happenstance. Mm-hmm. You know, that one, the nicest lawn in all of Iowa sits right next to somebody who could give Yuck. less than zero fucks about their lawn. Yeah. It's amazing <laughs> dichotomy. It's amazing dichotomy. <laughs> Here, you have a person... That again, uh, you know, I would you want somebody coming on your property, Matt, and taking care of your lawn? You're goddamn right you would. You would. You would be right in the being like, how do I appropriately thank this person for mowing my lawn? I hate doing this shit, and I wish they would do it more. What can I do? Offer them food. <laughs> offer them money. You know, maybe go in and, you know, offer to spend some quality time with their old lady. I don't know. I'm willing to do what I got to do, but I need more of that in my life. That would be a more appropriate uh, letter to the editor, I think. So I'm just appalled by the, you know, again, the lack of social, emotional awareness and grown ass adults to not be able to have a conversation. Hey, listen, I, you know, I don't like what you're doing, but I can respect it. How can we work through this? That's a yeah. simple conversation. Yeah. It's not that hard of a conversation. Yeah. But we have to send send letters in and type these things out. Like, think of all the other worthwhile shit. You know, go raise some money for Ukraine. Go find an extra bag of fertilizer to send to Africa. Do something useful with your time instead of mm-hmm. writing this goddamn letter. Maybe I'm just mm-hmm. a little too offended by this, but I read this and uh, I put it as a return because I hope that this person gets the help they need. That's all I can hope for. <laughs> You know, all I can hope for.
2: For me, I'm done with my
1: rant. You go. Okay. Uh,
2: I don't know. Because for me, it would be like, what does it say when your neighbor feels that they need to do your yard work? I mean, what does that say? I mean, because that just means to me, like in my head, it's like, wait a minute. uh, Are you that much of a. Nightmare I mean, is it that bad? because you see I, I take it from the opposite point of bu- view that most people don't take it upon themselves and go out of their way to mind somebody else's business unless it's extreme circumstances, yeah, I mean that that's just uh my take on it because uh believe me, I live in a place everybody knows everybody and everybody knows everybody else's fucking business. And so when you have somebody minding your business here to that degree, that means that you need to step up your game seriously.
1: <laughs> uh, you know, Matt, If this was a lawn customer and, <laughs> and they said, Hey, listen, uh, you know, our neighbor wrote a letter to the newspaper and said that, uh looks like you've been spraying a little bit into their lawn and treating a little mm-hmm. bit into their lawn and they don't know how to talk to us. How would you approach mm-hmm. that conversation, Matt? I'm curious. Brian <laughs>
0: <laughs> I can Ryan. see the fire burning in. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's one of those where, it, where you know, you know how you know how when you're you're preparing to have a good conversation with the customer the way you knock on their door, right? It's a mm-hmm kind of thing you know this one would be like i was a sheriff's officer executing a search warrant right
3: <laughs>
0: and then when they're like uh Fairway lawns, there, get about, the fuck
1: out yeah,
0: <laughs> it's it's the lawn boy and boy we're about to have a good one here buddy okay that's uh would you say your name was my name is your worst fucking nightmare come to the door let's do let's go <laughs> let's talk let's talk because okay the, the
2: truth is, is that on adjoining lawns, in fact, here's my invitation. It's like they see what I'm doing and they say, hey, is, hey man, uh, you don't mind inching over like a couple feet because I got this grassy weed or sedge or whatever that I just can't control. So it's like, you know, so inch your spray boom over a couple feet if you don't mind. You know, yeah, inch your spray boom over.
1: Everybody, uh, yeah, it's like yeah, inch your every, spray. Yeah. Every... Mm-hmm. Everybody's asking Ray for a couple extra inches, up to a foot. Oh, <laughs> mm-hmm. Let's let's check out the next one here, Demain. <laughs> oh yeah, let me get on that while I'm here. Uh, <laughs> Telly's Telly Coleman's out there spraying with like an ag sprayer because they're asking he's him for one feet. Uh, yeah, he's. Yeah, he's, he's... <laughs> All right, <laughs> I got to figure out where I'm at here. <laughs> <laughs> I need it. All right, here so we I go. I need some albuterol. All right. This is... <laughs> oh God. All right, this is the this is the lighthearted part of the show ladies and gentlemen. This is the returns. This is the way it should be. All right, GCSAA <laughs> announces 2022 Turfgrass Research Funding. Research grants from the GCSAA, which for those of you playing along home, that stands for the Golf Course Superintendents Association of America, the national trade organization for all the golf course folks, are supporting five new research projects at universities across the country beginning in 2022. Projects will be funded through the GCSAA Foundation Research Endowments and its Chapter Cooperative Grant Program. One new O.J. Noer Research Grant Endowment Project and one Dr. Herzen Endowment, oh, oh, and one Robert A. Moore Endowment Project will also receive funding. Project were selected by a committee of, including two members of the GCSA board of, educa- or of uh, directors, superintendents, university researchers, and other professional scientists. Receive a total of just under $150,000 from the GCSA foundation and an additional $62,500 in matching funds from local chapters. Some of the projects include enhanced breeding strategies for gray leaf spot disease resistance and cool season grasses, and that'll be conducted at Rutgers University. Selection and evaluation of shade tolerance and creeping bentgrass, also being conducted at Rutgers University. Developing seed head suppression programs for Bermuda grass fairways using plant growth regulators and herbicides. That's at UC, University of California, Riverside. Uh, Evaluating alternative effective action thresholds for lance nematodes and creeping bentgrass putting greens. That'll be conducted at Virginia Tech, or if you're playing along in the state of, not the state of, but the Commonwealth of Virginia, Virginia Polytechnic Institution. There we go. And improving our understanding of the US fall armyworm populations that originate in Florida to aid in improving golf course IPM recommendations. And that'll be conducted at the University of Florida. So fellas, some good research. I think a lot of this stuff uh will spill over needed. to other parts. It's it'll spill mm-hmm. over to other parts of turf, so it's not just it's starting off in the golf course because that's the biggest problem and that's where the money is right now. Uh to help this stuff out, but yeah, I think it's uh It's rather interesting, uh, to see research getting funded and, you know, at a pretty good level here, a little over 200 grand going towards research this year, just from, uh, GCSA. So good to see.
0: Shit. Yeah. For 200 grand, you can at least get a, get an NDVI rating, uh, at one or two of these universities.
1: What do you, uh, (laughs) what, what do you reckon Ray real quick on this one? This one kind of piqued my interest. The seed head suppression programs for Bermuda grass fairways using PGRs and herbicides. What are there any particular uh, cultivars of Bermuda grass? I know Tahoma is is particularly bad with seed heads, but uh, what are the ones out there on the West Coast that are particularly bad that they would have to control seed heads on?
2: I I hear bad stories about Celebration and TIFF Grand, you know, my favorite Mm -hmm. cultivars. And Mm -hmm. here's the thing about seed heads on warm season grasses uh the normal PGRs that we're familiar with do not substantially affect seed head formation in those high seed producing bermuda grasses uh unfortunately when i think of seed head suppression on bermuda and zoishia uh, i'm thinking in terms of imezapir or imezapic Mm. okay Mm. and imezapir and imezapic are both vm herbicides they're normally used in places where you don't want anything to grow but (laughs) the challenge will be arriving at the dosage or rate that mitigates and reduces seed head formation without killing the fairways
1: and therein lies the challenge right that's why we're yeah yeah 200 grand because figure i figure out how to not do that
2: yeah because i've seen some research coming out of uh what is that the asian turfgrass center regarding yeah. controlling seed heads on zoysia because in the spring that is seed head time. For Zoisha. and they found that the best seated suppressor in Zoisha is inazapic
1: how'd they figure that out they they fafo'd that's kind of what i was wondering is if no they
2: they, a they fafo'd and uh they arrived at a dose that didn't kill the Zoisha because again I know him as a pick, as a VM herbicide that denies areas to grass growth specifically. It's very powerful at that.
1: <laughs> well, <laughs> that'll be a good one for sure. I'll be interested to see the research coming out of all that stuff. I'd, li- I'd like to, g- I'd
2: like to give uh Ted a, uh, a court of that and say, here you go, Ted. uh You know, put that, put this out in your hose in sprayer. I, I think a uh, a tablespoon or two uh, should do the job.
1: Sounds like your content. <laughs> light, coat of the, yeah, light coat of that. Speaking of light coats, J Pink, let's go to this last return here, real quick. Jay Pink, I gotta get there. You alive? Jay. Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah start reading league, it to me pull it.
1: oh you want me to start reading is it, it? this oh. one uh oh. yes i had four in the returns yeah <laughs> and let's you do, said last okay, one you had four and well wait a second maybe i'm clicked on the wrong thing let's do this one real quick uh so okay uh i think i lost the link on that one hang on goodness uh right there okay here we go all right so how golf course tactics help me fix my disaster lawn. Now, gentlemen, I thought this one was interesting and I had to pull it up and put it in return, and you'll hear why here real quick. Almost exactly a year ago, I bought my first house. Well, technically, it's more accurate to say that it was uh, more accurate to say that a year ago I bought my first house with a house that happened to be sitting on it. I didn't quite think I'd get into as much of the lawn care lifestyle as I did, but I did, and now here we are. I usually reserve these columns to write about things that will make you a smaller golfer, blah, 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 blah. So here's the picture of the lawn right here. It's looking pretty bleak. And now here's the picture a year later. Mm. So this person talks a little bit about what they did, right? So they talked about, uh, you know, they got hands got my hands in the lawn in late March of last year, which gave me just enough time for spring aeration. So they're talking about the benefits of... Spring, fall, and spring aeration. So yeah, somebody asked us on the show last night, would you do a spring aeration? And Matt and I were both like, yeah, go for it. Let's do it. So a couple of the other things that, uh, you know, say, see here. Most people say that you only need to do aeration once a year in the fall. They're not wrong, but my lawn was in such rough shape to begin with when I went into the spring and fall aeration. A vital step because it allows air, water, nutrients, blah, 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 blah. Top dressing. Because my lawn was pretty thin, I complimented that first aeration with a top dressing try to cover the lawn with a quarter inch of topsoil topsoil i don't know about that but okay we'll give you credit partial credit there pick the right grass you know so they're in the northeast part of the country they're talking about not picking bermuda grass lots of water at first i didn't like this title here lots of chemicals at number five not super yeah cool. i was like yeah, that, that, you chode. that's uh that was i i, I don't oh. think they had a better way of saying it but anyway
0: Hey, on it's, let me uh, throw a little let me throw a little fire out there, right? He says, uh, "Yeah, I had to apply all these in-season fertilizers." When he was talking about chemicals, right? Well, if he would have chosen a product like Sunday uh, that has the exact same fucking active ingredients as other fertilizers that are out there, but but their marketing makes it seem like there's less chemicals than uh, you know, he probably would have felt better about this whole thing and not titled
1: it "Lots of Chemicals." Uh, yeah, <laughs> sorry about that. Yeah. That's uh, okay, yeah, it's okay, but at least in the fall, he says he hired a company to take care of the fertilizer, blah, <laughs> blah blah blah, but I don't know anyway uh, so the the gist of the story here is that you know typically in these publications, it's just a massive hit piece on lawn care, like what matt always says you know it's it's an opportunity for them to get up here and rail on us, and hey here's somebody that that Matt and Ray uh took the appropriate steps in a situation where the chips were definitely down because that lawn looked like uh, a a corpse, you know, uh rotting in a river somewhere <laughs> up against the embankment or I don't know. It it just didn't look good. And uh, you know, lo and behold, no no magic in a jug or a bag, right? Just good cultural practices, you know, the lots of chemical thing, eh, I just that out a little bit, but everything else was on point. So it was good to see an article that was uh straight to the point, no nonsense. And had everything that you needed to do to uh, unfuck your lawn. <laughs> okay, last one now. Okay. <laughs> 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 oh, right. click on the read more. Click on read more. A little orange link right there, Jay Pink. Right at the top under the little yeah. There you go. All right. Oh yeah. So, Yes. This is in the state of Maryland. They have a uh, combined House and Senate bill proposed right now that uh, our friends at the Sierra Club are currently pushing, and I, I view this as a return, and I'll say why. This might mm-hmm. be the first time that any of us on this show are supporting the Sierra Club and uh, their initiatives, but uh, this bill would require manufacturers and owners of synthetic turf fields to report publicly the chain of custody for synthetic turf fields and turf infill documenting its end-of-life disposition. Why this matters. Synthetic turf fields have an 8-10 to 10 year average lifetime and produce a large volume of waste, much of it toxic. An average synthetic turf sports field has about 80,000 square feet and comprised of 40,000 pounds of mixed plastic turf and 400,000 pounds of infill, usually a tired waste and silica sand. In volume, this amounts to about 400 cubic yards, the equivalent of almost 1430 cubic yard dumpsters of infill. The materials that make up synthetic turf carpet systems contain aquatic and human toxins. Mm. There's no official inventory in the number of of and location of synthetic turf fields in Maryland or where used fields have gone. In 2021, the Sierra Club volunteers found 347 fields in 18 counties and Baltimore. They were able to eliminate the waste produced in Maryland over the next decade for 328 of the fields as they are replaced. So they kind of go into some of the uh, the statistics there of what they're going to do. And basically what this is going to do is require manufacturers and owners to have uh, a, a report that they fill out with the, their own Department of Environment um, to talk about the chain of custody of where it's going. So is it getting recycled? Is it getting reused, repurposed? Is it going to uh, landfill, whatever? So, you know, I don't know that this is going to stop necessarily uh people from throwing this stuff in the landfill but at least i guess you know where it goes i'm not quite sure the intent but hey anything to do to shine some light on some of the shady ass shit that goes on, on that side of the industry is uh not a bad thing not a bad thing at all so we'll see what happens with it but uh matt you gotta wear your sierra club t-shirt tomorrow uh
0: i don't know may if i p- would go that far um but may it, may it i will say real strong it, I am I am legit glad that uh, this is, you know, listen, I understand highlighting the good of things, but at the same time, you know, you got to give you got to give eyeballs where eyeballs need to be. And that oftentimes includes the bad, right? Like just for instance, why we need to highlight alt in as a company and um, and chastise them and call them pieces of shit because that's exactly what they are um you know here you know why not let's these people feel like there's all kinds of advantages to artificial turf let's also keep an eye on what's going on that's not such an advantage with it um gentlemen i want to thank you all for joining me here tonight i want to thank everybody who listened uh for participations and thank you to the patrons for allowing us to get to uh, 69 and beyond of the patrons and uh, we look forward to hanging out with y'all in the uh, in the private room, and you know, watching a movie together and cracking jokes and all that fun stuff. Now we're gonna go hang out with the patrons. and title this week's show. Uh, love y'all. Uh, seventy three. On- wait, wait.
1: Yeah, it's seventy three
0: now. Who's, who's who's on who's on the show uh, this this Thursday? Oh, uh, uh, our
3: next <laughs> our next guest uh, will be oh, it's, uh, backyard
1: zach from uh the kotg people keep off the grass
0: hey yo we've got keep oh, off yeah. the grass, zach coming up that should be a good time uh i got in hot mm-hmm. water with them uh and so uh i don't know hopefully <laughs> the the water Spicy. has cooled to only lukewarm and uh <laughs> my testicles don't get singed uh, right back up in i'm my gonna-
1: I'm going to drink all the liquids all day Thursday, and get in the hot tub and let a big old pee out and warm that thing up for you, all right? <laughs> 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 we'll see y'all on the flip side.